Hey guys, it's Jamee Jackson. Welcome back to the Blonde Misfit Podcast. We're in episode two, which is a special episode because we are dedicating the whole episode to New York Fashion Week and everything that you should know about Fashion Week and kind of like Fashion Month. Uh, at the time of recording this podcast, we are still in the midst of New York Fashion Week. I think we still have like two days left which is crazy because it already feels like we've been in this for like 20 years now. <laughs> but New York is really just the tipping point of fashion month. Next, we're going to be going to London and then there's Milan and then we always close out in Paris. And so really, it's not just New York Fashion Week, it's Fashion Month and it's a marathon, not a sprint. You got a lot of people out here sprinting and that's why they're crashing the boat so <laughs> um i wanted to do this episode because a lot of people always ask me questions about new york fashion week i get a lot of dms on instagram and on twitter and even on facebook and linkedin as i've become much more present on there about new york fashion week uh how do you get into fashion week how do you do this how do you do that how do i manage doing all the things that I do and make it happen and so I figured why not just do this on a podcast you know what I'm saying like why not give the girls what they want and the girls want content so here we are um I have piled up a couple of frequently asked questions that y'all always are asking the girl and so I'm gonna just kind of go down the list I don't want this to be a really long episode, um, mostly because your girl is tired. Okay, I have not, I have not slept, um, but we gonna talk about that. Okay, cool. So, New York Fashion Week. Well, Fashion Month as a whole happens twice a year. You always have your fall and winter season which is actually happening right now in the month of February, and then you have spring and summer collection which happens in September. A lot of people don't understand why that is, but Fashion Month used to be set up where designers would show their collections to editors and stylists six months in advance so they could put that kind of content into their magazines. For buyers, they got to see a little bit about what was to come and they got to kind of scout what they wanted to actually put into the stores before it hit public audiences. and. For editors, we kind of got to see a little bit about, okay, what are the new makeup trends, the new hair trends? And so when you guys see those essays and those stories, you know, like, oh, the new hot trends of this year or something according to the runway, oftentimes it was done because we had already seen the content months and months in advance. Nowadays, it doesn't always work that way. A lot of designers are actually moving into a see now, buy now model, which means that immediately after you see the clothes on the runway, they may work with like a third party outlet um, to be able to just provide the clothes so that you can immediately buy. And a lot of people have different feelings about that model. I guess in some way it sort of allows designers to see the immediate effects of what do people want right now. And you can kind of see, okay, I don't have to wait six months to see what people respond to in the collection. Also, I mean, 
you know, you see a really, really sick fur coat or whatever on the runway, you want that bad boy now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to have to wait. And so that is sort of been sort of the transition for some designers. Not all of them obviously abide by that, but the role of fashion month has changed drastically over the years. I mean, now you have it where a lot of people are creating trend reports right in the same moment and in the same breath as actually seeing the show. And it's not so much necessarily about like forecasting, which was predominantly in print, um, print magazines and catalogs versus now where everything is digital. So I want to give you a little bit of backstory, a little bit of tea on the fashion month, because a lot of people don't even know the history and don't even understand a little bit about like why there even is fashion month. So who goes to fashion month? That is another loaded question that has changed drastically over the years. Like I said earlier, it used to be reserved for editors, buyers, stylists, movers and shakers in the industry who kind of needed to see collections in advance before it hit, you know, the general market. Now fashion month is sort of fair game for a lot of people and, um, I have a lot of feelings about that, (laughs) Um, both good and bad, because in one sense, because a lot of fashion month has kind of been crafted around people with influence and a lot of people who have social media followings and social influence who can potentially persuade those audiences to buy. It does make someone like myself who did not come up through the ranks in a very traditional sense you know I didn't go to a fashion school for undergrad Um, I'm in grad school now but even still a lot of my technical training is kind of coming on, on more on the business end so I didn't have an opportunity to network and foster relationships and intern at some of these big fashion houses and kind of climb my way up through there I started the site the blonde misfit sort of to just start these conversations that i felt like people were having or if they weren't I wanted to have around race and gender in the fashion industry and thankfully because of the momentum that it picked up it has allowed me to sort of escalate and propel my career forward so that I am you know where I am today so on the one hand it being much more open to sort of social influences and people who didn't necessarily do step one, two, three, four, five to get there allows people like me to get in the door. But at the same time, there is still a, um, I feel a sense of homage that needs to be owed to designers and the craft of creating clothing and design that unfortunately does get lost because you get a lot of people in the room who don't know how to dress point blank period you get a lot of people who don't study the greats or who haven't studied the previous you know creative directors for fashion houses people who don't know how to really dissect and learn from a fashion collection or even on its most simplest terms people who really give a crap about this other than it just looking cute for the gram or just taking photos because you know that a certain celebrity is in the same room as you or whatever the case may be um 
that is a little saddening. Actually, it's very saddening because you obviously think back to the days where everybody in that room really was there with an intention versus now where a lot of it is clout chasing and people just, I don't know, just chasing whatever they think it looks like to be on or to be popping or whatever. And so, you know, at New York Fashion Week now, and I'm going to just keep saying New York because we're currently in New York and this episode is dedicated to New York because that's where we're at right now. Um, You can get a little bit of everybody. So in front row, you may have A-list celebrities, especially if it's a bigger show that has much more weight behind it. Um, there were a couple of shows that I attended over the weekend that you might have seen some other like A-list celebrities, musicians, people of interest who are public figures who might sit, who might sit on that row. You also still have some heavyweight people in the fashion and beauty industry who would also maybe sit on those rows or who may be in attendance. But you also can have, you know, people who have no really affiliation with fashion who could be there. So you could have comedians, you could have um, politicians, you could have some social media influencer or star who has, you know, 1.5 million followers on YouTube. A little bit of everybody can be at these shows. And again, like I said, it can be very democratic, but it also can get a little exhausting um, because you just kind of, well, for me at least, I feel very overwhelmed sometimes because you're in a space, like I said, of people who they don't necessarily care. And so the same craftsmanship that you're building for your own craft, they may not necessarily feel the same way. And it doesn't really equal the playing field but you know that's just what it is and what it's kind of become all right so how do you get involved in new york fashion week that is a loaded question again but that's mostly because of everything that i just explained to y'all like i hope y'all are listening because as you will see a lot of the stuff just begins to repeat itself (laughs) but How you get involved in fashion week really depends on sort of like what you do and who you know. And that's just the reality of it. Me, I have a site. And so I always used my website as leverage to get into brands and to designers. One thing I want to make very clear to people is that I don't believe in easy handouts because I mean, I'm still earning my stripes now, (laughs) like no matter how popping I look on the gram or how dope my life may look to people like I'm paying my dues still each and every day. And if anything, a lot of it comes, you know, a little bit more difficult because of the fact that I'm not attaching a big name behind it. Have I written for big brands? Yes. Do I work at a big brand? Yes. But when I'm building all of this in my legacy and my career, it goes with the blonde misfit first. Um, I would write show reviews and I've been writing show reviews for over five years, for over five years now for my outlet as well as other outlets. And oftentimes it would just fall on deaf ears. It would just go to the PR people because I would always follow up with everybody. And then, you know, you wouldn't get republished. You wouldn't be in the press roundups. You wouldn't get a pat on the back. You wouldn't even get a thank you from the PR people because you were a smaller indie brand or an outlet, but I just continue to keep at it. And even now I continue to keep at it. 
Um, I'm gonna talk a little bit later on about like what does a day in my life look like during fashion week? But just so you guys know, a lot of it is writing and editing and running around for me. So for me, I'm able to utilize and leverage all of those things to get into fashion week because social media is also such a huge player in all of this. A lot of people can also get into shows uh, applying for press and applying to cover shows. Maybe if you are covering for another outlet or if you have an outlet that may be, uh, or not an outlet, or if you have a brand that may be sponsoring the event or the particular show. So for instance, um, everyone obviously thinks about the clothing that comes down the runway, but you also have a hair sponsor, you have a makeup sponsor, you usually have a nail sponsor, and you know, you may also have food. You may have like a food and a, a beverage sponsor who also tackles different shows. So if you hypothetically work for those brands, or if you decide to volunteer during fashion month, you may have a chance to actually go, not just backstage, but actually attend the shows with the brands. Um, you will work, you know, it's not like, oh, Maybelline, like, let me come to the show. And then Maybelline's like, oh yeah, come on. Like, no, that's not how it works. But, you know, I'm just telling you guys know that there are different ways that you can get involved. Um, a lot of people, first get their start interning and uh, shadowing different fashion stylists, different brands. Um, New York Fashion Week actually has like an, a whole um, like group and organization with the CFDA and a lot of people will actually just be fashion interns and work there. If you are in PR, you might come, you know, on behalf of your brand or working because you are kind of getting press out there. So there's a lot of different ways and really it takes just analyzing sort of what your skill set is and how that applies to the bigger scope of fashion week. I know a lot of it looks very glitz and glam, but one of the things I always remind myself is that this is still a business. So if you can think about what business traits you have that are marketable to them, then you can figure out how to sell yourself. Some people say, okay, so Jamee, I have X, Y, and Z skills, and then how am I supposed to you know, reach the right people? Research, 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 boo. Like Google University is free.com. They are not adding tax and they are not uh, providing stipends. They are doing the Lord's work. Find your favorite brand, find your, find your favorite brand and just Google, you know, who the head public, head publicist for that brand may be. Um, if you are someone who has a very strong social media following, tag the brands, especially if you wear their clothing a lot or you interact with them a lot. If they're, if it's a beauty brand, you know, the beauty brand may actually invite you on behalf of them to come to some events like this season. And last season, I was invited by CND as well as Tresemme to come backstage because I knew that they because they knew that they had a couple of shows that they wanted coverage for, and they also knew that one Jamee is very consistent. She always produces content, whether that's social or the site or both, and that two, I always give good quality content when I put it out there. So. This kind of supports multiple things that I think I've already touched on, which is you have to put the work in, you have to be consistent. I think you should always have a level and air of professionalism, but also you gotta kind of work with what you got. A lot of people necessarily think that you have to have a million followers and you have to be an editor at this big time place, X, Y, and Z to get into shows, and that's just not true. 
It really comes down to doing the research, pitching yourself if you would like to go. And even if, you know, a few seasons you get with, into what's called standing or standing room, um, take those opportunities. Everybody wants to be on the front row, but not everyone wants to put in front row work. Everyone wants to sit down at Fashion Week, not realizing that it has taken some people five, 10, 15 years just to be able to actually have a seat and get out of standing. I always was someone who I never thought to myself, I'm too good to be in standing. Um, the only time I've ever passed a show down because of the fact that they put me in standing was because I burned my leg really, really badly at home because I'm a klutz. <laughs> and I was like, if I'm standing this long in heels, I'm going to do a lot of damage to my leg. And I just didn't want to do that. But other than that, like, you're never too good to, to just get into the room because the reality is you never know who you're going to meet once you actually get into the room. You don't know who's the who publicist that you're going to get to talk to, what celebrity you may brush up against. And better yet, if you're still in the room, you still get to see the show. You still get to get the content and hopefully you'll have something that then is tangible that you can then give back to them that says, hey, I came and this is what I did with the with with what you gave me. It's sort of like when God had like the talents and like there's a talent, the talents. I don't know. I hope y'all reading your Bible. You should know. But um, in that story and God is pretty much was like, OK, so what did you do with what I gave you? And some people were like, but God, you didn't give me enough X, Y and Z. And he's like, oh, but you can take what I give you and you can make it and you can make a shake. You know what I'm saying? But anywho, this ain't a script. This ain't biblical podcast. I mean, this is a biblical podcast, but this episode is about New York Fashion Week. OK, which is Ooh, child. But I just want to let y'all know if you got something, work with it and eventually you can move your way up. Now, yes, you do get people who are 21, 22, sitting front row, popping bottles, the celebs and all that stuff. How people get to their destination is all up in the air and it differs depending on the person. But I know that I'm in this for the long term and not just for the quick instant gratification and the gain. And I have to remind myself of that constantly. So I'm willing to put the work in to make it happen. So I would suggest you guys taking that mindset as soon as you, you know, decide that this is what you want to do and then going for it and then being very dedicated and consistent to making it happen. So what does a day look like for me? So obviously everybody is different, but for me, New York Fashion Week can be anything from me starting with a show early in the morning, as early as 8.30, 9am. Um, the shows always change, which is also a huge thing that people kind of don't see. Everyone is always seeing people in heels and these little outfits and all this stuff. And a lot of people do these things because they want to get the right photos. They know that street style photographers are usually outside the venues getting content. So they want to make sure that they look as like, oh, I'm ready for this and I'm ready for that as possible. But you can have one show uptown and then another show downtown and then another show in Brooklyn. And, you know, Ubers get really, really expensive out here. Like this season, I utilized um, the MTA. <laughs> I went on and put money so I had an unlimited weekly and I think I took Ubers maybe twice. And one of them was because of 
the fact that it was raining and it was like pouring down. And I was like, I'm not walking to the train station. But other than that, if it hadn't, I would have definitely hiked my little butt up to the train station and then have just walked from there because tra public transportation gets very expensive, especially if you do not have a sponsor behind it. Um, but for me, you know, I can be up early in the morning and at one show and then I may have either a show right afterwards or I may have a gap. Usually in that gap period is when I'm uploading content to social media. So that's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I've also gotten back on LinkedIn and then also Pinterest, uh, optimizing the content for SEO purposes, but then also interacting with the brand. And then also just kind of starting my own review or beginning the post that's going to go up on the blondemisfit.com. Sometimes publicists will go on and send you sort of like the uh, one-sheeter afterwards that kind of does a rundown of the show, the inspiration, if you had any direct quotes from anybody, but sometimes they don't. And if that's the case, you have to kind of figure out, okay, what what information am I going to take, am I going to take uh, from the show so that I can kind of craft a story. I usually work backstage a lot as well. I personally like backstage for a lot of shows because you kind of get to see the hair, the makeup and the nails and even the clothes before everybody else. You also get to talk to not only the designer, but you get to talk to all of the lead stylists in each of those departments and get the inspiration for the show. And so usually I will just take my iPhone and I will record um, them in during in like an interview in like voice notes and then I will transcribe the interview either by hand or with transcription note apps and then go in and like actually clean it up and then being able to use those that way I'm able to be very time um, efficient with my time but I'm also able to kind of like just add something add some depth you know I want people to when they read my content and interact with my content feel the same way that they feel when they go to you know these other bigger brands that have first of all a lot more money a lot more time and a lot more resources to allocate than like this one woman show but nonetheless it's like just because I'm a one woman show doesn't mean that I'm not going to put my best foot forward and still make it shape you know what I'm saying so I'll do that. I may have another show. Sometimes, some days I've had up to three and four shows at once. In the meantime, I have to, you know, work on content, a more social eating. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm really proud of myself because I've actually been eating this season. Um, sometimes I don't just because I'm moving and then you're drinking coffee and then you're moving again and more coffee. And then you're wondering why you're like jittery at like 11 o'clock at night. But the shows can go on all night you know I've had shows that backstage is as late as 7 8 o'clock and then especially if it's swamped you may not necessarily get the first pick to talk to whomever so it's like okay I'm gonna wait around and wait till this person frees themselves up or till the models are actually ready so I can get the right photos so I can get the right video content and then you go home and then you still have this content to work on I 
am slowly figuring out how to sort of do this so that things can still go up the day of, if not the morning right after. But sometimes when you're not getting home until like 11 o'clock midnight, then all of a sudden it's like, I'm so exhausted. I think I'm gonna like pass out right now. But then you don't wanna wait too long with that content because by the time you get it up, especially if it's been days later, everybody else has already covered it. Everyone else has already covered the, the designer. Everyone else has already shown the photos and for the site especially, uh, you know, you're kind of competing against the SEO algorithms that, uh, that exist on Google search. And so I try to be as quickly, as quick and efficient as possible with that. And so all of those things can be happening, not to mention, you know, again, you're traveling, you're moving, you may have brands that are having activations throughout the city and they may invite you to something. A lot of people also go to after parties and networking events. Um, I don't do those only because, uh, again, I'm doing a lot of stuff that other people don't do. Some people are just going to the shows and then that's it. And the only reason why you would know that they were at the show is because they took a cute photo of themselves or because a photographer snapped them outside the show. Um, but pe some people are not actually creating content out of it and sort of driving that force in that conversation. So I don't beat myself up about the fact that I want to come home and put a face mask on. Like I'm doing stuff and I'm creating things that are important to me. And for some people, they don't have to do that. So yeah so okay how do you get brands to sponsor you so this is a question that i don't even know if i have the range to answer because i'm still trying to figure out how to how to secure that bag myself honey but um you know i think a lot of it also goes back to what i originally said you know interacting with the brands is it authentic is it organic obviously because so many people are pressed about about gatherings, about <laughs> followings and big numbers. If you do have a larger platform, brands are gonna necessarily, are going to necessarily focus on you maybe first. But if you are a smaller influencer, if you are a smaller you know, blogger or journalist or just someone who's into fashion and you don't necessarily have the big numbers to sport, you still can certainly get brand sponsorships to work. You can do that by interacting with the brands. Um, if you don't have a media or a press kit, I would definitely recommend you first starting off with that. Even if you don't have a lot of things that you can talk about, having a one-sheeter that just basically says who you are, your stats, your influence, and if you've partnered with other brands and maybe even some testimonials or screenshots of that, of that previous brand work, you can then send that out to different agencies and PR people so that they can kind of keep you on their radar. If you don't get the right brand sponsorship the first time around, please don't feel dismayed. There have been some brands that I have been grooming for years and they still may give me a little shout out on the gram every once in a while, but they also may just sort of like when it comes down to bigger sponsorships might have to pass me over for other people who have bigger followings or people who they feel like they can kind of get a little bit more out of. I don't take that personal. I continue to groom the brand 
in the relationship with that brand, especially if it's a brand that I genuinely love and care about. I know my time is coming. I know my time in the sun is there. I'm having my 15 minutes. My 15 minutes is lasting pretty long. Shout out to Cardi for that dope lyric, okay? Um, And it's an uphill climb. If I got everything I wanted the first time I ever went to fashion week, I would, this would be so boring by now because I wouldn't have anything to look forward to. So you can get brands to work with you and sponsor you by simply uh, creating content that you already know is sort of in alignment with their brand value and what they actually are looking for. You'd be surprised how many brands actually really enjoy when people interact because they know that that engagement is authentic and that you are going to be authentic and engaging that with your uh, viewers or your followers. So how do you get dressed to attend New York Fashion Week? Woo child. So getting dressed for New York Fashion Week is a battle and it is one that I have a lot of feelings about. I am someone who naturally loves color. I love color, I love texture, I like vibrancy, I always have. But I'm also not the person who just dresses just for attention. Unfortunately, New York Fashion Week and Fashion Month as a whole, but I really think especially in New York, there is a lot of peacocking where people are wearing very interesting and ludicrous things just to get photographed. And unfortunately, that is usually the content that sells. That is usually what people go for and photographers go for. Because, I mean, first of all, you're selling a visual story. So they want to obviously get people who are very bright and out there or just strange or weird or unique. And, you know, I'm not mad at it. Get it how you live. I've seen a lot of people do some wild things, though, to get photographed just to not get photographed. And now you look silly because you didn't cross the street four times to try to get the eye of that photographer or you've been on the phone pretending to actually be on the phone and you really are not on the phone. And they can tell they can tell all that stuff. So I don't really get put into street style recaps or roundups. Um, and that's OK. I am not dressing to necessarily impress a photographer who may or may not necessarily know the difference between person A and person B other than just how they look for at face value. I also understand that there are disparities that currently exist against photographing um, not just plus size, but also black and brown Uh, people and people of color in general. I mean, this is content that just exists out on the interwebs. So, I mean, please don't try to think that I'm just making this up. I'm not. But I really just sort of dress to be comfortable. I like to sort of elevate my style a little bit during New York Fashion Week and just think, okay, the clothes that I have, how would I sort of elevate it that if I wasn't on the train all day or if I wasn't running back and forth to do this. If I was going to one fashion party, how would I want to look? And that's sort of how I drive my style. A lot of people will also wear clothing from the actual brand. So let's say for instance, if you're going to Alice and Olivia, you may wear an Alice and Olivia dress or jacket that you already have in your closet because people are going to also be looking for the people who wear the brand stuff so that when they do the brand recaps, they can say, oh, well, so-and-so came out and they had this awesome thing or X, Y, and Z. 
What I will say though, is that you do not have to go out and buy an entirely new wardrobe for fashion month. Obviously there are it items that people love and that they can easily spot. So for instance, you know, you're going to see a Gucci bag, you're going to spot a Bottega, like, you know, the heels that have just become so popularized, but you can certainly shop at other places to sort of look good and popping on a budget. Please do not go broke trying to be cute for fashion week. I say this not as someone who is condemning, but as someone who has done it. And as someone who genuinely knows that it's just not worth it. It genuinely is not worth it. You can see some of the most flyest dope fits that have no name attached to it, like no name brand attached to it or someone who really has sort of elevated like streetwear or athleisure or has just thrown on some weird quirky item that's like a pop of color against what would otherwise be like a nude or just regular outfit. I think that there's so many ways to play up your style during fashion month. But one thing I will stress is that like, just like be you, just be you. And I know that sounds so simple, but you'd be surprised because I know half the people who are dressing like this don't dress like this on a regular basis. I just know it, boo. Because if you did, I'm, I'm sure I would have seen you by now doing that. Or, you know, people get tagged and things and you go to their Instagram and you'd be like, girl, you is so regular. <laughs> like from <laughs> Monday through Saturday and then Sunday you decided to pop out. Okay, cool. But Definitely, you know, utilize what you have already in your wardrobe. Maybe it's just about remixing pieces, mixing and matching different pieces, and then kind of creating your own mood board or trend board to kind of go for it. But just have fun. Also, always bring sneakers. I know people be carrying these cute little bags. The mini bag trend is alive and well. But if you look on my Instagram, at the Blonde Misfit, by the way, for all of y'all who are not following me or not checking it out, um, get your life. But you will notice that I carry my big bags. I love my Telfar bag in green. I loved it so much. I went to Essence and bought it uh, in, the, in this bright ass neon orange shade. And I love it. It's a huge bag and I like it because I can fit my laptop. I can fit my life. I can potentially fit all these other things and I can put a, fit a pair of sneakers in there. So after I get all the street style photos, after I shoot with my photographer, after I do whatever I need to do, your girl is changing back into her sneakers and she is booking it to the train station. You feel me? Because first of all, my feet are not going to last until I'm like 90, 100 some. If I keep playing with these New York streets, these cobblestones are not loving me. And I'm just like, I'm not here for it. So you know, just have fun with it. Be unique, be you, um, but also just be comfortable because really it's just, it's just not, it's just not worth it. So the last question I'm going to answer is like, what does nobody tell you about New York Fashion Week? And again, this is all very subjective. I can only talk, talk to you guys about my own personal experience and my own personal uh, journey in all of this. But one thing I will say is that I have increasingly learned that the more prominent you grow or the more you sort of grow in your own, the more people are going to potentially feel intimidated by that. You know, there are a lot of people who I interact with on Instagram or on Twitter who, after they saw me at Christopher John Rogers next to Sweetie, all of a sudden either felt super salty or wanted to do a lot of kissing up. 
there are people who flex a lot for the gram and I'm talking about flex OD like have to hashtag everything front row front row front row and um always gotta make it seem very like oh I got this on my own I did this I did that a lot of things in fashion are smoke and mirrors and a lot of things are created you know perception is reality is such a true thing because a lot of people are selling to you the perception of happiness the perception of wealth the perception of style and you keep seeing it enough you eventually believe it i mean you see someone in head to toe, in head to toe designer you're not thinking that they broke but meanwhile they could be trying to figure out okay i don't even know how i'm going to pay my my electricity bill but because you, they continue to present, then it's like, okay, now you have nothing but to decide that that is the reality because that's what you've been presented with. What I will say is that don't get caught up in the noise. I don't travel with a lot of, a lot of groups of people. I tend to kind of keep to myself and to do the work and keep my head down and have fun with the people who I know are genuine for me and are in my life. And I like to keep it that way because trying to figure out who's for you and who actually wants to see what you're really working on versus uh, what they can get out of you is just too much energy suck out of me. And all of that energy that I'm using, trying to discern between who's for me and who's not, I could be using to uplift the people who really care about me and who care about the blonde misfit. I would say if nobody is cheering for you, know that I am. And I know that that sounds crazy and that sounds very like, oh, rah, rah, Oprah level, whatever. But I know what it feels like to be a misfit. I know what it feels like to be outside the club, wishing that you could get in, wishing that you could just sort of step in and just feel for once what it feels like to be with all these other people who you look up to. First of all, your role models are probably not as cool as you think they are. I mean, they're people, they're fallible, they create mistakes. And unfortunately, you may run into one or two and realize that they're terrible people. Um, and if that's the case, then it's okay. Like learn that lesson in itself as well and keep it moving. You will attract the people in your life who you need to attract and be okay with letting go of the people who you need to let go of. I find that during fashion week, I don't change up on how I go about things. And, you know, even if I see someone else who I may know who is escalating faster than I am, I don't all of a sudden try to jump on their wave because I think of that, what they'll be able to do for me. It's one of those things that it's like, okay, cool. If you're going up to the mountain a little faster than I am, that's cool. I'm gonna pace myself. First of all, I'm a big girl, so I'm really gonna pace myself. I don't gotta use my inhaler. But when I get to the top, I'm gonna see you there, hopefully. Hopefully you haven't burned yourself out and flopped halfway through, you know, or you didn't go get up to the top and then people tripped you up and then you fell back down. You never know. The same people who you see going up are going to be the same people you see coming down. And so it's always good to be good to people, to be courteous, to be true to yourself. You know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but that's okay because I'm always good to people and I'm always respectful and I have never intentionally sought out to uh, do bad or mal or malice to anyone else, even when they've done it to me. And I genuinely believe that those are the things that have allowed me to grow in my career, not just for fashion week, but my career as the blonde misfit in general. And I think that that will be what 
one of the things that allows me to continue to grow and to scale. So that is all I have for New York Fashion Week, guys. I hope you guys liked this uh, little sit down and chat. I know that I told y'all um, I was not going to talk long. And here I am sitting and chatting and talking long. So I am actually going to hop out of here because I still have show reviews I gotta write. <laughs> and um, I actually wanna try to do some decent like uh, like street style stuff and so tomorrow. So I'm actually gonna be getting my outfits out tonight to also make sure I get all of that set. Anywho, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If there are other things that you actually are thinking of that you would love more answers for in New York Fashion Week, please, you know, go on and first of all, subscribe to the podcast. We are out here on these different platforms. God is good. I'm pushing through imposter syndrome and we're doing this. But also, you know, hop in the DMs or follow me on Instagram at the Blonde Misfit and then leave a comment just saying like what other things you would love to know about New York Fashion Week. I would be totally down to record a part two to this, you know, maybe during London or even Milan. Paris is gonna be another great time because Paris is where a lot of people uh went. <laughs> but that's tea for another day. Um but yeah, I would love to actually answer more questions or whatever else you guys may have in mind. And so, yeah, please, please, please make sure that you share the podcast, that you also rate it and uh, leave a comment. I would love to know how you guys are feeling about it. Also, if you guys are liking the new audio, you know, your girl is trying to do a little something, little baby steps, little baby big steps. I love it. Um, but yeah, guys. OK, I'm out. Talk to you. Bye.